Uh, welcome back to the last post for issue Saturday, March 30th. I'm your host, Andrew Carey, and you're listening to the Limerick Post podcast, bringing you this week's news in bite-sized portions. Remember, you can keep up to date with all the Limerick news on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at Limerick Post and hashtag keeping Limerick posted and on limerickpost.ie. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Fundamania's Sensory Saturday. It's a dedicated two-hour event from noon this Saturday, especially for children and adults with disabilities, where rides will be slowed down, noise reduced, and sensory strobe and lighting effects will be eliminated. Fundamania is located on Pahili's Road in Grove Island. Our front page story this week, I'm joined by Bernadette English. Hi, Andrew. Um, Hello, you're very welcome back as usual. Um, Following on from the opening of Gardens International last week, we have another positive news story from Limerick 2030. We certainly do. They don't let any grass grow under their feet there. Um, We have the council this week. They uh, approved a loan for Limerick 2030 of of almost six million so that the company can buy the old Cleve site and the um, former convent site. And this will mean that they will they will be able to start make, working on, on the whole on the whole project there. And that's a very, very promising project. It's one of the last derelict eyesores, really, in the city. Mm-hmm. So that's to be welcomed, without a doubt. This is one of the five sites that Limerick 2030 vehicle, that specially set up entity has. Yes. And now yeah. they're just expanding it a small bit, is it? They are, they are. And it has to be said, um, sometimes when we hear about committees, we're waiting for them to go nowhere. And that certainly can't be said of the 2030 committee. Um, as we know, the opera site is a fantastic building. We already have seen more than half of it let by prestigious big-name companies bringing good jobs. Um, and there's going to be about 3,000 new jobs in that. So we've as yet no projection for what's going on the Cleves site. Lots of suggestions and speculation. But no doubt, based on previous uh, activity... The 2030 will do a good job. They said, I think, around the time of the launch of the 2030 that this was going to be a mixture of some in commercial, industrial, residential. So I'm, I assume the plans will somewhat stick to that. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, they're, they're, you know, there's a lot of talk about why there hasn't been residential so far. Mm. But I imagine it is because they wanted the dedicated site in the city. And the in the Gardens International, that that would be that would be the site for business. Mm. Now they have a lot of leeway with the other sites, and really anything can happen. But we've no we've no details. We've no details yet, but we'll keep an eye on that because mm-hmm. it's quite clear that Limerick Twenty Thirty are focused. They've opened Gardens International. They've half the building let. This vehicle is is moving in the right direction. Yeah, they're getting the job done. To be sure, um, Bernie, you've some you've some other news about Limerick consultants appealing for more organ donors. Yes, we have indeed. Uh, as you know, it's Organ Donation Week coming up. And Dr. Catherine Motherway, consultant physician in the intensive care unit at University Hospital Limerick, wants people to carry a donor card, as many as possible. Now, um, as a consultant physician in that position, obviously she has the unenviable task of sometimes having to ask families about the deceased's wishes because she's dealing with trauma, she's dealing with people coming in from car accidents, all this sort of thing. And she would like people to have donor cards and to discuss the matter with their families mm-hmm. before it comes to the point where they have to make a decision at a time when they're under severe pressure and grieving. And to think that these organs can 
save a life. Yeah, it's 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 quite incredible when you think that out of some tragedy, some good will come. And um, Bernie, there was a linked story as well about some legislation in respect of driving licences and the organ donors. You were mentioning That's that right. before. That's uh, right. Senator Kieran O'Donnell wants to see legislation pushed on through the door because bizarrely, although people seem to have great goodwill towards the prospect of having their intentions reorgan organ donation on their driving licence, which removes any ambiguity. As yet, there is no legal right under data, data protection for the surgeons in the hospital or uh, the organ donation, the wider organ donation community to have access to that information. So basically, they can't actually whip somebody's driver's licence out of their pocket and say, look, he has this. It's a shame to think that a little data regulation could impin you know, uh, the saving of a life. But, you know, we all have to make sure this legislation is is there and hopefully uh, Senator Donald will be able to move yes, that Yes, hope, hope, hopefully appeals to have that moved on will be heard. Great. Thanks very much, Bernie. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, just after Bernie left here, just to clarify that it was half of the Gardens International Centre that has been let. Fortunately, we are still waiting on tenants for the opera site. Correct. Uh, uh, I'm now joined by uh, news editor Jerry Collison uh, with some of the stories that caught your eye this week, Jerry. Yeah, um, one of them actually um, features the return of an old favourite here. Um, former Mayor Jim Long has uh, entered the local election fray. Um, he is com- coming in as a candidate for Fine Gael in uh, Limerick City West. Um, I don't think, though, that it would have taken too much persuading for Jim to throw his hat in the ring. Uh, he seems to have been very vocal in an awful lot of uh, local issues over the past couple of years. Um, so that'll be a welcome return. We'll be losing some of the characters in the council. Um, John Gilligan will be a major loss for some of the journalists there. Always a man good for a good for a quote, good for a, good for a line and a little bit of controversy. Um, but I'm sure that Jim Long will be well capable of taking up the baton when when. Um, and as you said, a former mayor and a stalwart for his constituents over there um, in, in City East. Absolutely, yeah. Has uh, as Jim uh, said anything to Alan about you know what he hopes to achieve? Well, Jim has uh, has a little bit of form here. He's not uh, he's not very impressed with the existing relationship between the um, existing councillors and the council executive. Um, he's he's been a long time critic, and he feels that there's an element of dictatorship has uh, crept in at the expense of governance and democracy. Uh, so that'd be fairly interesting. I'd say he could have some um, some headline grabbing moments over the next few weeks as we head for next May's elections. Uh, indeed, we keep an eye on that, and I'm sure Alan will full story in uh, Limerick Post this week uh, and online. Um, anything else? Actually, there is. Yeah, there's there's one now that seems to have caught a lot of attention nationally and internationally. Here's a Limerick woman that, um, for some reason, just seems to have uh, gone in under the radar a bit. Um, her name is uh, Rebecca Quinn, um, and that might mean very much to anybody, but for millions of uh, wrestling fans throughout the world, uh, her ring fighting name as Becky the Man Lynch would be a lot more familiar. And um, she's about to create her own bit of uh, sporting history when she becomes the first ever female headline uh, event in the um, Midlife Stadium in New Jersey. Um, next week, well, April 7th. So. It's WrestleMania 35. Yep. Yeah, this is the first time that um, a non-North American has headlined since the days of Andre the Giant. But I see that uh, with Conor McGregor retiring this 
uh, Tuesday announcing it via Twitter. There seems to be some speculation he might appear at WrestleMania and even ally Becky. Yeah, um, you know, that's, that's, that's an interesting one because, um, you know, at this stage, a lot of people think that McGregor is having more comebacks than, uh, than Frank Sinatra. So uh, it's doubtful if he, if he even has retired, but certainly if he has, he'd be, he'd be a, a big name in, uh, in Rebecca's Corner uh, on April 7th. And it was another Irish wrestling star who put that out into the ether. Anyway, we'll keep an eye. You never know what'll happen. Thanks very much for joining us, Jerry. You're very welcome. Uh, some other news from this week's paper um, includes a terrible accident that happened at Cork University Maternity Hospital where a Limerick woman, um, Margaret Downey, uh, tragically died after a, an accident in her uh, maternity room. Uh, she had just given birth to a baby boy on Monday and fell ill. Something happened. It's still to be determined by hospital chiefs. Um, but Margaret uh, fell uh, after having some form of episode out of her bed onto the floor and, and tragically uh, seriously injured her baby. Um, Margaret passed away on, on Monday and despite the uh, valiant and huge efforts of the uh, nursing staff and the medical staff at the Cork University Maternity Hospital. The little baby passed away on Tuesday night. Um, it has been described as a terrible accident. Miss Downey, originally from the Castletown area near O'Rourke's Cross um, on the Limerick side of Charleville. Um, her family are, are, are still out there. They would be widely known in GA circles. So a, a, an investigation into the circumstances surrounding that death um, will be ongoing and, and inquests will likely happen. A, a terrible tragedy for the community as she leaves two children and a partner behind. Um, there's more on that in this week's edition and on LimerickPost.ie. The other story um, that popped up was the, the letter parcel bomb from uh, that was found in a Limerick and Post Sorting Office last Friday. It seems as if it, it this was the fifth of uh, a number of uh, of these parcels that had been sent out by a group calling themselves the New IRA. They had been sent to uh, areas uh, in London and in Glasgow uh, last year. And another one of these devices ended up uh, at the Limerick Sorting Office last Friday. That sorting office is also the National Return Letter Office, so it is likely that this package ended up there as opposed to being sent there. But nonetheless, 100 staff were evacuated from the building and it was proved to be a, a viable improvised explosive device it had all the hallmarks of the previous letter bombs that had been sent um, Minister Charlie Flanagan said it was a despicable act that any of these incidents that go on like that and again the, the matter is under investigation where Gardaí are linking up with Metropolitan Police um, I'm joined as ever in the same room with my um, podcast I don't know what you are. You're my podcast producer. A guy. guy. Podcast <coughs> guy. The podcast guy, um, the digital expert, uh, Keen Reinhardt, um, digital editor and podcast producer. And How are you um, getting on, Andrew? Oh, sure, look, we're still fooling him, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Keen, you've got the We Are Limerick series back. I have indeed. And uh, this week I'm joined by Jane Foley from Fresh Film Festival. We spoke about Fresh Film Festival a couple of weeks ago. We did, when you were deputising yeah. for Rose. Exactly. Yeah. We had uh, the regional heats at yes. that stage. And this week is the Irish Young Filmmaker of the Year Awards. So to link up with that, I brought Jane Foley in for an interview for the We Are Limerick podcast. And it's 23 years of Fresh Film Festival now, which 
is a fairly long time when you think about it yeah. and not many people know about the, the festival itself and it, it is a Limerick festival which is now region national like there's people from Belfast taking part in it and everything you know uh, so Jane came in to speak to me about how the festival changed over the 23 years and she had this to say um, you know we got them on big huge VHS tapes mm-hmm. I mean the first workshop we did was crash editing where you edit from one VHS player to another VHS player and I actually recently I met that guy Connor McMahon and he said that that was invaluable actually yeah, you can see that this festival is bringing uh, it, it, it's nurturing all this talent that the area is pulling out exactly and she was talking about the importance of networking at that age I know they're very young and all yeah. but you know, she said a lot of people end up actually working together further on in their further careers on. and linking up you know and uh, I see that you have the profile piece, the profile Pat, piece. Healy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pat Healy he's the uh, site leader above in um, Virgin Media and you know, I, I went up to the LEDP and their site up there in Roxburgh. Um, it's, on the, it's on the location of the former Crops building, which people in Limerick will know all the way back through the years. It employed hundreds, thousands um, for, for 34 years, but it closed in 1998. And um, it was taken over, the building was taken over, and they tried to rejuvenate it. And Virgin, in its infancy, throughout many of its different names, um, multi-channel, chorus, UPC, all of this, um, have gone in there. But since 2013, Virgin Media has been thriving in this area. And um, when I spoke with Pat, he told me of how important the Limerick site was in the wider Virgin Media network and that how they were really considering it a jewel in the crown. Um, but you know we had a we had a great chat um, while he showed me around the building, the shop floor, the buzz. Uh, this was a center of employment that is really exciting place. Uh, you can see that there's a vibe. Everybody believes in the Virgin story. Um, I was there and, grabbing a photo <clears throat> this morning. Yeah, and you can tell when you walk into the call center, it doesn't feel like you're walking into a call center. No, they 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 treat it like a. It's a call center, but it's a customer support center. Yeah. It's a they they're. they're telling everybody about their packages, they're fixing problems, they're dealing with a demographic from a 16-year-old with a mobile phone up to a, a, a pensioner who still has their virgin box and they may have an issue with a channel. Yeah, so um, even just last year, he said 137 people had been employed there. That's amazing. Uh, and it kind of went under the radar without any uh, jobs announcement. But It's a big enough operation as it is, isn't it? It is. It's nearly 400. Ne- nearly 400 and they're looking, they're continually recruiting. Um, Kian, you very kindly made a podcast of that and it's available online as well as the uh, print edition of the story this week. Uh, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Fundamania's Sensory Saturday that runs from noon until two this Saturday on Pat Healy's Road near Grove Island. I'm now joined by John Kyo. He's a journalist with Sporting Limerick. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of stuff about sport. Mm-hmm. Welcome, John. Supposedly. No, I do. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for that hospitable welcome. Yeah, indeed. Uh, John, we've got a little bit of an all-hurling league final. We do indeed. Limerick Waterford, a novel pairing is Keane Reinhardt. Oh, look at him. Just about to start. Yeah, his chest comes out all of a sudden. Waterford's finest. Yeah, Limerick Waterford, a very novel pairing uh, this Sunday in Croke Park. Limerick, of course, overwhelming favourites against the lowly Waterford team. No, on a serious note, it'll be... It'll be um, Any comment on that, Keane, no? <laughs> no, it'll be a very big challenge for Limerick. Um, Waterford are a seriously talented team. Very unlucky last year with injuries. Derek McGrath's tenure ended. Um, 
as Kieran Carey is writing this week. You know, he still expects Limerick to come out on top, but reckons that Waterford will put it up to Limerick like Dublin did on Sunday. Do you think that Waterford are a, a league side more so than they are a championship side? And Keane might interject on that. Th- there's a, there's like, a chance he might. No, I, I look. I haven't seen a lot of Waterford this year. They've been in 1B and I haven't seen many of their games, but it's a serious Waterford team up against a serious Limerick team in the sense that these a lot of these young lads that have come through in the Limerick team played against the young lads in the Waterford team mm. and they were the biggest rivals. Um, I think every team is aiming towards championship no matter what they say. They're in, both teams are in the league final they'll be gunning to win it. Mm. But every team is, is essentially preparing for championship. This is as close May. as championship yeah. level. Look, it's the get. last game for either team. Serious yeah. competitive game before it. Um, so I, look, it's it's going to be a tough Tough game, Waterford have a ton of skillful players. Stephen Bennett's back and having a cracking season for Waterford so far. Um, Kevin Moran is still around. You know, Austin Gleeson can catch fire at any stage. And Jamie Barron is continuing his form for the last year. So they're going to be serious tests for a Limerick team. That's just Keane, do you agree? If it wasn't for Stephen O'Keefe, they probably wouldn't be in the... That's true, point. yeah. Sensational save. save. Yeah. Look, yeah. again... You know, it's it's look, it's going it's going to be a very interesting game, and one that I would recommend tuning in for. One hundred percent. Um, just sticking with the hurlers, I was at an event uh, hosted by Shannon Chamber last Friday out in Drumolan Castle, and Caroline Curid was the uh, keynote speaker. And as we all know, she was instrumental in the backroom team on her performance sports psychology with some of the players, but. Her, her speech and the way she spoke about the unity and the family unit that John Kiley instilled about all the players 1 to 36, it showed that this is a mature bunch of young men who are very, very ambitious on high performance. Um, a- absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've, I've read excerpts of of that talk that Caroline gave last week. Um, you can read all about it in this week's Limerick Post as well. I have a good, story about it. And, and who wrote that one, Andrew? Was it you? Yeah. yeah, I was there, so I said I better write the story. Yeah, what was the point of being out there exactly, otherwise? Exactly, yeah. No, she, look, outside of the Limerick lads, and we, they've been talked about, and the more they talk, that they get talked about, the more you realise how, A, how tight they are as a unit. Mm. I think that's very important. They've all grown up, well, a lot of them grown up together. But John Kiley, and certainly along with his backroom team and Karen Curid would have been yeah. a very big part that have fostered something very, very special in that group. It's going to be interesting to see. She's been very successful with every team she's been a part of. What she does next is going to be very interesting. But Limerick have brought in Tony O'Gregan, a former Galway player, to, effectively as her replacement. So it's going to be interesting to see how that continues, if there's a follow-on yeah. from it. Well, so, Caroline spoke about the the... The fundamentals of high performance and how and she she cited examples of different businesses she said it was very transferable between business and sports but she cited these fundamentals as being if they were followed and adhered to at a level of excellence you would attain this high performance achievement she said understanding purpose having a strategy honest conversations unity a lot of the things was all very simple language but she just spoke about this being a phenomenal bunch of men who all wanted it for one another. And John Kiley was an exceptional leader of them. He was able to draw out the leaders in the team. They would all become accountable for themselves. And one nugget of, of I didn't know this, but he said that, uh, or Caroline said that on All-Ireland final day, every player of the 36 
wore their jersey on the basis that it was all 36 mm. or none. And that's the way it was the whole way throughout the campaign. Only 26 can talk on the day of any game in the, in the championship and indeed the league. So again, it's just further examples of how tight this group is and she was a huge part of that last season. It'll be interesting to see what happens, not, in, not only this season because things... Yeah. No, the league is not a barometer of what happens championship. It never is. It can be, but Kilkenny won the league last year and were blown away by Limerick. In, in the quarterfinal last year, although the scoreline doesn't suggest but Limerick should have won that game, pulling up. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now post Caroline Well, she, she feels that this, this group has this mindset and has mm. these fundamentals uh, a part of their arsenal and she she's leaving them in a good place, she feels. She's gone now since the end of the last season. They're yeah. still flying. So. They're still flying. Um, okay, we've got some... Are we still sticking with GAA? Um, oh, yeah? No? What you. have we got? Yeah, we've got some Munster. Yeah, Munster, Munster against Edinburgh. Champions Cup quarter final on Saturday. Early Saturday afternoon. Yeah, tough, very tough game for Munster. This is going to be Edinburgh with a fantastic record at home. They had a top their group, beating Montpellier and finishing ahead of Montpellier and Toulon in that group. Mm. No mean, no mean achievement in itself. Um, yeah, look, it's Munster had a. It was a funny one against Zebra last week. Very odd first yeah. half performance. Just nothing was clicking. It was worrisome watching that second 12, half. Twelve points down and just yeah, everything. And to be fair, there was a lot to do with what Zebra were doing right too. And you got to give credit to Michael yeah. Bradley there. But you, you, you just look, that second half performance is more like the Munster we're used to seeing this season. you know. But this is make or break. Everything that Munster have done well, and, and there's been a lot of positives this year, or this season, sorry. It all comes down to Saturday. Like I mean, mm. as John Van Graan and Peter O'Mahony are saying in that article in the paper on Thursday, you know, it's... It, it does all come down to this. I mean, mm. Europe is Munster. Munster is Europe, you know. They haven't won a Heineken Cup in what, this will be the 11th year. You know, they haven't had any silverware since 2011 when they beat Leinster in what was then the Celtic League final in Thoman Park. They've lost semi-finals, they've lost Pro 14, Pro 13, Pro 12, whatever it's called. Finals over the last couple of years. Look, Munster need to win something. And yeah, but this is going to be no... No, Edinburgh hard knows. Look, anyone that watched Leinster play Edinburgh last Friday... In, in Edinburgh as well 28-11 Edinburgh came on top and Leinster don't lose games by that margin no, no matter what Leinster team is out and Edinburgh even had the chance to bring John Barkley now John Barkley is a very accomplished back rower had a few good seasons with Scarlets he, he had a very good career up to that point he's had a great time with Scotland and then you know it's and he made his debut for, for Edinburgh only last weekend you know so he's another addition yeah. to an already well stocked Edinburgh side look this is just because it's a Scottish team, the the the, the usual thing is, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll take we'll take that. Look, there's no. going to be a huge crowd at Murrayfield. They're they're getting huge backing as a team again, or Edinburgh. So this is going to be a huge test. Yeah, um, that's as you said. It's on early Saturday. Yeah, quarter to one, Virgin Media one, or BT Sport or Channel Four. And so. I'm 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 assuming Munster don't have major injury worries other than no. Joey Carberry is um went back to full training Monday. And huge news as well that he signed a new another two year deal. That's going to keep him till 2022. I, I like the way the Leinster media took it, that there was no return to Leinster no return on the to horizon. Leinster, no. Instead no. of him just being able to sign a new deal. Yeah, but that's... Anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on. We'll be stuck in that. Um, Tom Savage writes a little bit about Craig Casey. Yeah, very good article by Tom Savage, as per usual uh, this week. Craig C- Casey, excellent 
performances from him. One of the standout players for Ireland's under-20s in their Grand Slam winning campaign. More importantly, he's Limerick, he's Shannon, and he's young monster. Stands at five foot five, but you wouldn't know looking at him. Look, he's a serious talent. Mm. That's basically what Tom's talking about. He has everything you need, basically, to reach the top levels of rugby. We all know there's indeterminables that can come in and out of that, but he's just highlighting all his strengths, all his potential. And anyway, I've seen Craig Casey play. I saw him first in schools rugby, rugby a couple of years ago, and then with the Irish. 18s and 19s as well he's a serious serious talent uh, one to watch along with Ben Healy and, and, and any of the rest of them from the 20 squad who are, who are really putting their hand up to, yeah, to be included in, 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 in future plans yeah absolutely look just from a Munster point of view you Jake Flannery played fullback is with Shannon ex Rockwell College um, schools out half as well so he's very versatile John Hadnett Josh Whiterly who's Finneen Whiterly who's making great waves with the Munster senior team at the moment Jonathan Wren from Cork, look, John yeah. Hadnett as well, probably already mentioned, look, there's serious talent coming through from both Leinster, from all the provinces actually, but from Munster's point of view, it's been a while since we've had that nucleus of five or six starters, it's good to see. They need to mind them, make sure that they uh, stay on the right tracks. Absolutely. Um, moving from the oval to the round ball, there's a little story from Parallel Hen about Footballers? Yeah, past just looking back. Limerick finished their league campaign <coughs> with a four-point defeat to Antrim in Kilmallock last Sunday. Played in front of 40 or 50 fans, which oh. tells its own story. It was on at the same time as the hurling game, which was on telly. And people were travelling up to Kilkenny as well. It, it does show where Limerick football is, sadly, in the eyes of Limerick's GA supporters. Yeah, four-point loss. Very good performance again from Limerick. I've said that several times. They're just not getting the results. They're just not getting the results. And that's what Billy Lee was talking about to us on Sporting Limerick after the game. He said, look, it's, there's definitely been steps forward this season. But there, it's not manifesting itself in results. Paranan's talking about that. It's not all about results. There's definitely been improvements. But ultimately, every team is judged on results. Mm-hmm. Limerick play Tipperary, who aren't exactly going well themselves. Come Munster Championship time, May the 11th, I think it's on. That's where all the focus is now. Plenty of positives to take, as I said, from the league, but ultimately five yeah. defeats on the bounce. There's a six-week window of opportunity to try and pull all this together, but without competitive games, is that going to be a disadvantage? It's, it's going to be interesting. Look, all the players, the Senior Football Championship and Intermediate Football Championship get, uh, get underway this weekend, starting Friday evening. Um, Billy Lee's obviously and his background team are going to be watching that fairly closely. Yeah. Um, there isn't going to be too many players brought in from that. It's just keeping an eye on what what his current setup are doing. There's been, as, as I said, there's been some standout players for him throughout this campaign. It's just a matter of t- keeping things ticking over now till they get the players back at the end of the month. They'll need a, they'll need a break somewhere. They'll need to try and get that small bit of luck. Big time. Um, John, you had news last week uh, of a sporting Limerick first on the hockey front. Um, what are you reporting back with this? Yeah, it's an all-Ireland victory for Crescent College. Uh, we, we on Sporting Limerick live-streamed the whole tournament of the Kate Russell from St Andrews College last Thursday and Friday. And it was a Limerick team that came out on top, on top Munster champions, Crescent. Um, yeah, they beat Mount Mercy in the, on penalty shuttles in the Munster final. Had, f- had four fantastic games on Thursday, two each on Thursday and Friday. Um, one, two, drew two, one on scoring difference. The key game turning out. But two key games really in the two victories, obviously. First up on Thursday morning to beat the host St Andrews College. Very tight game. Maeve McNamara's goal proven crucial. Mm. Got a draw against Banbridge in their second game. Again, Maeve McNamara with the equaliser that 
they were the better team probably against Banbridge and we're unlucky not to win that in the end but Friday morning's game against Clash they ignored uh, the Connacht champions they beat them 6-1 and it ended up winning them the tournament on scoring difference they drew with Kilkenny College in their last game they all an outstanding performance from the Kilkenny College keeper just Ellie McLaughlin anyone who's, who will watch hockey in the next five years keep an eye on this girl she's going to be an Irish international no question she could be in the next year as it is but yeah, that the wait for Bambridge's game against Clash to ignite. Bambridge needed to win. I think it was six nil. Oh. They won three nil, and then Kilkenny College needed uh, to beat St Andrews five nil to have any to, to win the tournament. But that, whatever about Bambridge's chances against ignite, there was a, a chance of that happening. Kilkenny, as well as they were as good as they were defensively, weren't as prominent up front, and St Andrews actually won that game two nil. So. Great scenes for Crescent, for coaches Cahill Duggan and Gary Kirby. Um, it was fantastic for us from Sport and Limerick to be a part of it. Mm. Even better again that the Limerick <coughs> team came out on top. Yeah, uh, uh, let's just say it's another All-Ireland hurling title for... Hockey. Uh, well, uh, stick-carrying sports people. We'll take any All-Ireland title in Limerick and the fact that it's my old Ireland matter Crescent College is even better. There you go. Um, John, you were, there's news of junior soccer being back in full swing this weekend, but um, a, a look to Limerick FC. Yeah, Limerick FC, a very, very positive result up in Cabinteely last week, 2-1 victory. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mad thing in the first division as results going all over the place. Mm. Limerick, though, have won two in a row, and any time you win away from home in the League of Ireland, it's, it's a big, big thing. Uh, open the scoring through Sean Russell in that game Kevin Teal equalised but Conor Ellis got the winner it's been a big, good bit of form for Conor Ellis now in the last few games that win puts Limerick one point off top so all the doom and gloom surrounding Limerick at the start of the season Limerick going very very well but they're up against Athlone Town on Friday and that's going to be another tricky one um, as ever our sporting news is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick uh, you can find more sports news Beyond the paper online uh, at limerickpost.ie. Um, thanks very much, John. You're, you're kind of getting better at this. Thanks. So are you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Fundamania's Sensory Saturday that runs this Saturday from noon until two at Pahealy's Road near the Grove Island. Um, I'm joined by entertainment editor, the emollient Eric Fitzgerald. You're very welcome back to us for some more Tom thank Foolery. You, thank you very much, Andy, and it's uh, it's lovely to be here at the, <laughs> the back door of the podcast. And we, I know. We'd, like, we'd like to congratulate anyone who has lasted this long. <laughs> you, you, you were always the key I, feature. I, I know about Emollient in here now. There's been a lot of people in here before <laughs> I got in here. Um, we are, we're podcasting this Wednesday, and the paper's just gone to bed. It's the usual kind of crack. Yep. Um, I think you're heading to John Grant later. We spoke about We're very him. excited, yeah. John Grant is later on this evening. That's Wednesday evening, so about time you heard this podcast the show will be over and, and you'll have, probably will have been brilliant you'll have we thoroughly hope. enjoyed it um before we kick into the end section that you have you've got some news hot off the press as they say hot off the press today yeah just announced at 11 o'clock this morning uh hermitage green they are going to make it three in a row they are going to play king john's castle again straight across from the Curragour bar where they kicked off in the back room there this many it, many yeah. years ago so yeah they're, they're, they've sold it out every time they've done it they're super excited to do it again and it's going to be happening on Saturday the 27th of July tickets going on sale this Friday news of that full details online um, didn't make the paper because it was just a bit late I assume yes. but nonetheless 
Eric, up online, up on links there. everything. Links everything, the whole lot. Okay, kicking off, um, your top story, uh, Hazy Hayes. Hazy Hayes, yeah. Okay, so uh, we had uh, you were you weren't around here last Thursday actually. No, I and, wasn't. Uh, myself and Keen, we, we took over here. We're the interview room. Yeah. We were left. We were left here doing a bit of work. You know, and, uh, <laughs> Lads, I'll leave you to this little section of the podcast. So, uh, right, okay. we brought in two of our two of our favourites uh, from the music scene at the moment, uh, Hazy Hayes and and uh, Sean Murray from Prescription. You know, so I suppose just to, to set the scene for it, uh, there's been hip hop in Limerick for decades here, like right back to Shane Curtin on Wired FM in the 90s, playing hip-hop from the States, maybe the odd uh, act would come out of Limerick, but there wasn't much, but there were, there were the, there was a scene, it's very small, then the Make a Move Festival that we were chatting about, that came along in the 2010s, and it's been building and building since, and uh, a lot of it is down to Wired FM, uh, out of uh, LIT and Mary I, and uh, the music technology courses in LIT, and music generation limerick so these elements have been kind of building and a lot of people that are into hip-hop are getting a chance to try their wares learn how to use the software so um that kind of brings us along the way to uh sean murray and hazy hayes because hazy hayes was one of uh same difference he was um and that was there was a trio just out of the island field and uh, they started the he, hazy told us some great stories actually on uh, thursday about the early coal bunker. <laughs> in a coal bunker, jumping around the coal bunker, <laughs> and then learning the, the ropes, you know. And then, like, the, the, the very first time they wanted to try and write some rhymes, you know, they, he ran up to his uncle to get his, uh, bookie, his bookie docket and he started just <laughs> writing on the docket. He, he, like, he, he's, uh, he's just a natural story, yeah. storyteller, like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a, he's a hip hop shenaki of some kind, you know. Um, and I think maybe the, the interesting thing here is that the, those guys. Um, linked up with Music Generation, um, came into the city maybe about six years ago, and the mentors from Music Generation, uh, among them Russ and Gano family, who won the Choice Music Prize a few years ago, and these guys, and Andy Connolly as well, a really good producer, they started to just bring them into the studio, into workshops, and um, the guys thrived on it, you know, so they've great material out there. Um, and uh, Sean Murray, who came in with him, is from Prescription. And Prescription, uh, again, born out of LIT, the music technology course there. They, those guys came to the table with the knowledge and how to record and how to promote. Mm-hmm. So that's basically is where Hazy and Sean, we were really looking forward to chatting them uh, because we've been talking since January, since we're doing this podcast about <laughs> somewhere in Ireland. So you, 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 Hazy Hayes featured in that and... It's a, a favourite of everyone in the podcast room right now, I think, and in the Liverpool yeah. Post, I imagine. Yeah. So and you're, you did, we conducted a little podcast. And we got the guys in here. I sat back and Eric spoke to them, and then I, I butted in near the end when, when, I, <laughs> when you felt it was exactly. necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't have to say much either, yeah. because, you know, Hazy's just a natural. Like, yeah. so he, he gave us loads of stories. He spat out a load of rhymes. He, he did. Some of the earliest ones he had, he had done, and he was telling us about some of the releases he'd done uh, I suppose one of my favourites anyway was that track What's That What's That yeah. Around the Corner and he was telling actually based on a true story so I mean when you hear him doing it he has a kind of a, I don't know it's kind of an original flow yeah. basically and it's all in his own limit accent but it's really poetic as well while he's speaking to you you can, you can sense the rhythm while he's okay. talking to you it's just 
You've um, you've that as a clip for for. for we have uh, yeah. we, we've uh, what's that? We'll we'll give you a listen to that. What's that sound from around the corner? Bang ba bang ba bang bang. Mm. Who's the lender in the wall? La la. Someone from another gang gang that got ran. All his blood and payments from the people you were real with. The significance of your hazy haze and Sean Murray piece is that it's all linked into All In. Yes, sir. Uh, they are actually all playing at the weekend, and um, the prescription DJs are going to be playing in the record room. So it's basically the All In weekend festival. It's this Friday and this Saturday. It's about eight acts per day. And I think it's kind of a reflection on what's going on in electronic music, hip hop music, drum and bass music around. Um, so there's a huge uh, lineup there, and obviously among that would be Proper Micro Envy, Hazy Hayes, Prescription DJs, The Wagwan, Gavin Da Vinci, King Callas, Arokea. So some of these are kind of, say, making experimental electronic music, and some of them are signed to the new PX label, which is associated with Prescription. Those guys are going to be bringing a lot of new material out. So mm. it's, it's a great chance if you are around on Friday and Saturday to see these acts. They're in their earliest form, you know, and um, they're, they're somebody, it's just proof there's so much exciting stuff going on. It, it's, it's, it's not so long ago when you tagged us in this All In Festival was coming on on the podcast and now yep. we're coming to fruition. But it's as you say, it's the early days of stardom for these guys these guys are some of them are kind of signed up some of them have just got maybe uh, let's say uh, proper micro he uh, rory hall he's running it and he's actually been signed to strange brew records which is based out of uh, the roshin dove in galway like so he already yeah. has an album out there but let's say a lot of the other acts are bubbling under and just coming to that point now um but the, uh, like uh, even chatting to hazy a lot has to be a lot of praise has to be given to within the city here the, because of the people doing the courses in LIT and, and uh, UL and the music generation. This is kind of what's bred the grounds for these people to confidently start making music. And, you know, they're, they're working as a community and they're really helping each other out. So you've got the people, the, the, the gifted poets like Hazy, but without Hazy... Uh, without the say Murray and prescription and the engineers and those guys giving up their time, yeah, he'd still be just rapping into his home, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot to be said for the community that's building up here, you know. Sticking with the All In uh, Festival, you've news from Tamara Hall. Tamara Hall, yeah, she um, is a 21 year old uh, electronic dance producer, and uh, she's been making uh, records since she was just 15 years old. Um, and she was signed to a German record label for some of her material called Plasma Pool. And even more, uh, even more, better than that, again, is Defected Records uh, gave her a really good review. And that was in 2015. So she, she has, uh, she's kind of electronic dance music, um, totally sweet sounding floor fillers. And uh, the EP coming out is called Vivid. It's a four track EP that's on the way. She gave us a little... A sample of what she's got going on and we have a track called Vivid to play to you. Over to Keen. So also she's playing in the All In Festival and she is on on the Friday night. Hazy Hayes and the Prescription Crew are on the Saturday night. Where is Tamara playing? 
Tomorrow's playing on Friday night, so that's for the All In Festival, which is in the record room downstairs from the commercial and it kicks off quite early so just keep an eye on facebook and stuff i think it could be kicking off as early as six seven o'clock in the evening they have a lot to get through um a little bit on play irish really. play irish yeah well here we are we're banging the drum every week here about irish music so finally uh there's a station starting uh this sunday and it's going to be a play irish uh, online digital station so you can go, uh, using your smartphone, you can just go onto the App Store and pull down the Play Irish app. Um, and it's, it's, it's got pretty, uh, look, there's a strong team behind it now. There's the likes of Sinead Troy, who um, would be the person behind Yangaroo Music, which is somewhere where bands can actually uh, file their tracks for DJs right across the nation to listen to the tracks if those DJs pull it down the acts find out about it. So it's a way of Irish acts getting their music on uh, Irish radio. Mm. So she's one of the people behind it today and today, uh, today FM and TXFM, the few of these folks are behind it as well, and Red FM. So uh, yeah, this is gonna be running 24 seven playing Irish music nonstop. All sorts of brand new music as well. Um, we close with Donica Needs Talent. Yes, mm. we do, we do. Um, yeah, we got a shout out from Adair Productions. They are looking for talented young people. So, um, if from you Limerick. Have, from Limerick. So, if you have any youngsters between five and eleven years of age, uh, the thing is that you you get in touch with uh, Adair Productions. They are looking for your talented youngsters, whether they can sing or they can dance. Now, the catch is, if you get one of these young fellas on the TV show, you as a parent has to join them on stage as well. So yeah, fancy doing yeah, a duet yeah. with your daughter, or you fancy showing off your dart skills with your son, or whatever you want to do. So yeah, so it's all, it's, that's what they're, they're putting all that together. And I think the deadline is the April the 10th. So you better get practicing. And um, we have all the details in the paper on page 78 of the Limerick Post. In print week, on Thursday and, and online. online. Um, so, Eric, as usual, it has been a blast. It has been Thank informative. You. Thank you. Emollient. And well, it's, it's getting more emollient as the time goes by here. Yeah. Um, this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Fundamania's Sensory Saturday that runs from noon until 2 p.m. at Pahili's Road near Grove Island. Derek, thank you very much. We will see you. See you next, next week. week. <laughs> um, Rose Rush, you're very welcome back for some arts news. I have mixed feelings about this century. Why? <laughs> This is always fun time on a Wednesday. Airs then on a Thursday. Everyone is happy. You know, we just had it. We just had fun. Eric in, you know, and now we have fun rose. Now we have fun rose. Weekly extraction. There you go. Uh, No, don't ever suggest anything like that. Rose, you're going to talk to us about some news from theatre. I am. I am. First of all, a plug that's not on this week's page, but has been previously. Drew Theatre is in town. This is its second of two nights, so it's your only chance to catch it. It's um, a comedic hole furniture of three different stories. I haven't got to see it myself. Uh, I have a good friend at a Lime Tree Theatre who reported back to me today an inquiry. All three sections were clear, funny, and it's just a lovely night. Okay, great. Um, touring with the stars. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm one of the complete gums for... Uh, Dancing with the Stars. I enjoy it. I find it joy-giving and all the rest. If I don't catch it in Lifetime, I do watch it on player. Talia Murphy uh, played a blinder in getting through 10 weeks of the show Mm -hmm. before being bounced out at the quarterfinal. 
So uh, she yeah. had a ready ship on which to jump to, and that's a Maeve Binchy vehicle. It's adapted by the great Peter Sheridan, brother to Jim, but very, very much a, a writer and theatre maker in his own playing field. Peter Sheridan um, has cast Maeve, sorry, she's cast Clelia as lead. Uh, she's a mommy figure in Maeve Binchy's first ever storybook, and that was Light a Penny Candle. So they're beginning a nationwide tour. It's successfully gone on on a run in Dublin. Beginning a nationwide tour. It opens again at Lime Tree Theatre on April the 9th for a few nights. And also in the cast, we have India Mullen, we have Kate Gilmore. We have two uh, male actors who are those younger actresses, peers, uh, Steve Steve Murray and Fionn Foley. And it follows perhaps a 30-year uh, life path of these young people growing up in rural Galway. The catalyst is um, a friend of Clelia Murphy. Her figure is in London for the World War II bombed out war years and that young girl is exported to this rural town because Hitler won't find her there. That's the thinking. But from there on, friendships fasten and there's an exploration with men and with women and life's life stories. Um, you have full details of that uh, um, in your page this week and it's online also. Um, I see that Limerick Printmakers, they, they feature every so often and they make a little comeback again. Yeah, they're really prolific artists. Um, I haven't seen this show. It opened recently in that museum, The Saving Graces. It continues well into April. It's um, our colleague here, Keen Reinhardt, who has gone on foot to interview and view. And he has a QR code in the page that you can scan. And Keen's going to give you a little earshot of that interview now with Jess Tobin, I you've, believe. You've been busy, Keen, this week. No, this was a We Are Limerick podcast about four weeks ago, I think. Okay, well, you're giving the impression you were busy, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, great. Rose has given the impression I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, listener, it's a rehash, got it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was waxing lyrically there earlier on about all the things he was doing for Eric, so it's clearly... We, we toyed with the idea of doing a retrospective, like a look back of the work over the years, and we said, no, why not ask people to make new work, have new work out there, all new work so it's a large scale it's ambitious we invited 23 members of kind of a mix of current and former members and people who are instrumental in helping the studio reach 20 years because we want to kind of give a full spectrum and also it kind of is a great reflection of printmaking in and of itself and the studio because within our membership cohort you have everyone from recent graduates and undergraduates right up to people who are very established printmakers and very well-known artists um rose you've some arts shorts as usual down the right hand side of your page anything mm. you want to give a little plug to yes andrew you're so divorced from the world of culture it takes me to tell you that april is poetry month wow rose that yes. is that is something special and there was a big to do in city hall last week between mary jane collins and limerick writer center a signing of the books and charters about supporting this particular month. Anyway, at Central Buildings, we have an exhibition curated by Kate Hennessy. It's called Poets and Painters. It's free to all at Central Buildings there beside Use It for the month of April. And uh, in tandem with that, there is a poetry wall at the Exchequer and Nicholas Street. And on this poetry wall, wander past any time, you will see a series of A3 posters printed. And those A3 posters would each contain a poem 
for you to peruse. And that's only two of numerous works and activities organized by LimerickWritersCenter.com. Please look up that site. It's such a prolific center and resource for the arts. So much going on in April with them. Want to do anything else? Yeah. Guys, for anybody who is married to a mother, or who has a mother, or who is seeing a mother, or is party to a mother, as in we're sons and daughters of, essentially Mother's Day affects us all. I'm telling you, we can't get out of it. Sunday, March 31st, uh, in the Hunt Museum, we have a 5.15pm formal concert with Soprano, Helen Hancock, and uh, she's accompanied by Irina Dernova on piano and Peter Sebastian on cello. It's going to be a programme of Haydn and Rachmaninoff in Britain. And then Cologne's Chamber Philharmonic um, Orchestra. They're all the way from, from Germany. They're bringing their Powerful Emotions Tour to Bell Table this Friday, March 29th at 8pm. And look, both concerts would make a nice formal outing and perhaps dress it up with dinner beforehand in town. Ah, oh, beautiful rose as ever. It's been informative. <laughs> Professional? More than professional. More than professional. Um, nonetheless, this has been the last post. I've been your host, Andrew Carey. Um, I would like to thank, obviously, Rose Rush, who is still sitting in front of us. Eric, who popped in for all his entertainments, Tom Foolery. Uh, John Kyo from Sporting Limerick. Jerry Collison. Uh, Bernie English from the newsroom. Um, yourself, Kian, I suppose we'll give you a nod. Cheers. Thanks very much. Um, uh, and of course, the sponsors of this week's podcast, which is brought to you in association with Fundamania's Sensory Saturday. It's uh, dedicated to our event from noon this Saturday, especially for children and adults with disabilities, where the rides at the fun fair will be slowed, noise will be reduced, and sensory strobe and lighting effects will be switched off. Uh, Fundamania is located on Pahili's Road uh, near Grove Island, so be sure to check that out. Uh, for more news, sport, entertainments, home and living, pet news, motoring, healthy living and much, much more. Make sure you turn to the Limerick Post every Thursday in print and online at limerickpost.ie and through all our social media channels run by Keen. Uh, we really are keeping Limerick posted. <laughs>